the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening, everybody. I'm Ron Geyer with End Time Insights. We're a new show here on the radio, and I'm excited to do this. Um, you know, my wife and I, we've been teaching for years. We've been marriage ministers at Lakewood Church for a decade or so, and uh, about seven years ago, we went to a new church, and we're just excited. The topic that we're talking about this coming year, we've committed to do this for a year. We're excited. It's moving along a little bit more quickly than we thought, but we're hopeful. We're, we're gifted to do this. Our God has blessed us, not for our glory, for your glory. When we do this, we're going to try to do what God's called us to do as far as feeding the body of Christ the truth. Uh, we're going to talk to you about what's going on in America. We're going to talk to you about what's going on in the church. And our heart is for you. We love you. I don't know who you are, but God loves you, and he wants to love you through us. We are going to feed you the word of God. We are going to feed you truth. After listening to us, you're going to know that we love the Bible. We love the word of God. This radio show is called End Time Insights, and I just want to give you an overview for the coming year. We've committed to do this for a year, and I just want to let you know what we're going to be talking about. I think you're going to find this helpful. We're going to give you scriptures to support everything we say. If we don't, what we say, then you put it on the shelf and you come back and study it out for yourself. But I've got pretty much seven points I'm going to talk about that are going to outline our presentation over the coming year. First, let me quickly tell you something about my wife and I, Diane Geyer. We are um, marriage ministers and we're also Bible teachers. We're attending West Houston Christian Center out on the west side of town, Pastors Jack and Michelle Pigeon. And what we're currently teaching over there right now, beginning once again in January, it's going to be called Patriots for Christ. And our heart is to try <laughs> to make an effort. It seems fruitless at times, but we're not quitting. You know, you do things because they're right, not necessarily because you're bearing fruit or it's winning. You do things because it's the right thing to do. And we are trying to reconnect the church with our nation. Uh, the church was fa- the nation was founded on biblical principles by men who loved God, and we've gotten away from that. And so that is one of our aims as we go ahead and we present this course, as it were, to you. Seven points that we want to outline for you. Number one, we want to teach the saints to know God. There's so many brothers out there, sisters out there that are trying to get you to know God, but they're not using the Bible. There's only one way to know God. You must know the Bible. The Bible teaches in Hebrews that in former days that God spoke to us through the prophets. Well, he also says that today God's speaking to us through Jesus Christ. The number one way God speaks to us today is according to the word of God, according to the Bible. You must know the Bible. You must learn the Bible. When we pray for people, when we were doing marriage counseling, we would pray that God would give them a supernatural hunger, a desire for the word of God. You know, you don't fall in love with the Bible. You don't fall in love with your spouse. You choose. You make a decision to love your spouse. You make a decision to love the Bible. 
I, I read the Bible every day. It's man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth out of the mouth of God. I love the word of God. I live it. I eat it. I drink it. I breathe it. You know, I am spirit bred. I am spirit fed and I am spirit led because of the word of God. That word of God, it's alive and it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It'll tell you the difference between what's happening in your life spiritually and what's happening in your life carnally. This is how you're going to get to know God. Paul talks about knowing God in the book of Philippians. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto him in death. And I'm going to add into life also. Paul's desire was to know God. Our desire is to help you to know God better. And it's all going to come based on the word of God. There's a scripture in John, First John 4, and it mentions the fact that many people say that they Uh, loving and the standard for recognizing whether you know God or not is if you are loving. And one of the things that we're facing right now in America is there's this false counterfeit love that is based on a, we called it a sloppy agape many years ago, but there's true Bible love and true Bible love always carries the truth that if if it doesn't have truth, then it's not love. And we must return to the Bible. We must pray that God will instill in the body of Christ, especially in America, a supernatural hunger for the word of God. Uh, So number one, we're going to talk about how we can put things in place that are going to help you to know God better. And it's all going to begin with the word of God. Number two, our second aim is to prepare the saints. And this is, this is difficult because the This is not happy stuff. It's perilous times, but we're going to prepare you for the end time assault that's upon the church, the end time assault that's upon your faith. You know, Satan is after our nation. He's after Israel. He's after America and he's after the church. But the only way he's going to take America down is if he takes the church down. Now, we know he's not going to take the church down, but unfortunately, the perilous times that we are in includes the apostate church where false teaching is rampant, false teachers are rampant, first, false doctrine is prevalent, destructive heresies, and we need to warn you against that. Some of the stuff that we're going to say may sound scary. It's not scary. We say it to prepare you, not to scare you, and you must know the Word of God. Second Timothy 3, one talks about the fact that uh, in the last days, perilous times will come for men shall be lovers of their own selves. And we've seen this everywhere we go. You know, I'm big on Facebook. We've taught classes. We do video on Facebook. And yet we, we see the self-love. People talk about themselves. I really don't care what you're eating. I don't care what you're wearing. I don't care who you spend your time with. I am here on Facebook to instruct you, just like we are on the radio, in the things of God. Let me quickly enunciate and just uh, flesh out that scripture a little bit for you before we move on to the next topic we'll be presenting. Perilous, the word in the Greek is actually chalepos, and it means exceedingly fierce. We are living in exceedingly fierce times. We are living in dangerous times. These times are risky. They are harmful. They are hurtful. They are treacherous times. They are harsh times. And the implication in that scripture is that there's also not going to be an opportunity to escape from these times. These perilous times are here. They are not leaving. You cannot go somewhere and escape from what's about to happen to the earth today. The only other time that word telepos 
which is interpreted perilous here in this scripture, is used. It's when they talked about the madman of Gadara, the legion, the guy that had all those demons. And he was fierce, remember? Well, those are the times that we're living in. There are times of great danger. All men are at risk. Our only protection, our only safety, our only peace during this time is going to be found in Christ Jesus. And it's important that we study these scriptures. We must know what the Bible says. The Bible talks about men's hearts are going to be failing them. They're going to be so fearful about what's going on that it's going to cost many of us our lives. It's going to cost many of us our peace. We cannot be sacrificing that at this time. We are in deep waters. We are in the end times. We are in the times when great peril is upon us. Men no longer love God. They don't love the creator. They have made themselves. Romans talks about the fact that uh, the creator is no longer worshipped, but the creation has worshipped themselves. This is a great danger, and it's happening in the church today. It's part of the apostate church. We need to arm ourselves and guard ourselves against what is happening, and that's what we are attempting to do by bringing you this radio program. By the way, let me interject this right now, and this may sound strange. You know, my wife and I, we are not millionaires. No, we are rich. We are rich in faith. We are rich in the word. We are rich in works. And yet, we don't want your money here. I don't want you to send me any money. We're going to finance this through ourselves. We love you. It is our gift to you. God has laid that on our heart. We believe that we've freely been given. We want to freely give this back to you. We look, it says, we want to love you. We want to love you for God. We want God to use us to be able to love you. And if putting that out of your mind, that there's no pressure on you, there's no pressure on me, we just want to bond with you spiritually over the radio, and we just want you to be thinking about what we're talking about. We don't want you to have any other concerns about anything. We're going to be here for a year. We've made that commitment, and God willing, we're going to follow through on it. So number one, we want to teach you and help you to know God better according to the Bible. Number two, we want to prepare you for the end time assault, which isn't down the road. It is here. The Bible talks about, know this also, in the last days, perilous times. Last days, that phrase, last days have been around since um, Pentecost. We've been living 2,000 years, the church age, as it were. We've been living here in the last days, the perilous times. But that phrase, last days, it's more than just the last 2,000 years. The Greek there is actually eschatos himetos. I may be saying that a little bit off. Eschatos himetos, and it means the last of the last, the end of the end. Mankind's been walking on this earth for 6,000 years. Well, with the next step that we take, according to that phrase, last days, eschatos himetos, the last step that we take brings us into the next age. Now, the next age for the church is going to be the millennial reign with Christ, where we are ruling and reigning on the earth with the Lord Jesus Christ as he sets up his kingdom. The world, those who reject the love of God, are going to have to go through a seven-year period called the tribulation. But that's how close we are. The return of Christ is imminent. I mean, you know, the actual end-time army of the Antichrist, they're already on the earth now. They're already up and running now. They're already already killing our Christian brothers and sisters in the Middle East by the thousands. This stuff is real. This stuff is happening. Your pastors aren't talking to you about this stuff. I understand. I don't criticize them. They're, they've got their reasons. And we're not here to put your pastor down. We're here to assist your pastor. I can talk about the things that they, they may not feel comfortable about talking. I don't mind. <laughs> I get in all the trouble all the time. It's no big deal to get persecuted or yelled at or dismissed by somebody else. But we want to let you know that this is important stuff, okay? So the next point we want to talk about, we want to correct some of the false doctrines, the destructive heresies that are out there. Peter writes, see, do I have the scripture? Peter writes that there were also false prophets, Second Peter 
2, verses 1 through 3. I'm reading out of the King James. I love the King James. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. So we learn right there that there were false prophets in the days of the Jews, in the days before Christ came, when the days under the law, there were false prophets there, and there will be false teachers among you. Not they may be, they will be, and they're prevalent, and they will bring in what Peter calls damnable heresies, and other translation says destructive heresies. You've got to understand, heresies have the potential to destroy you. For instance, one of the heresies has been the hyper-grace message that you don't have to repent anymore for your sins. That is so dangerous. If you're going around living life and you do sin, as we all do, and you are not repenting of those sins, you are not getting them under the blood, you are not restoring your fellowship with God, then you are running the risk. You're putting your salvation out there on the line. You're putting your walk with the Lord out there on the line. Your witness is being compromised because of a heresy that says perhaps you don't have to repent when you sin. That's false. Once saved, Always saved. That's another doctrine of heresy that has the potential to destroy you. How about this one? The fact that the church doesn't need to be involved in, in politics. The church doesn't need to be involved in civil government. That's false. And just to prove the fact how destructive they can be, America is being destroyed because the church has been silent about what's happening in our nation. We need the church as the moral compass. We need the church. If we don't tell the church, if the church doesn't tell the world out there that this is wrong and you're going in the wrong direction and this is unacceptable in the kingdom of God, you cannot be living like this, whether it's homosexuality, whether it's divorce, whether it's abortion. If we do not let the world know that this is wrong, it's offense to God, but there is a solution. God sent Jesus to correct these sins, to die, to pay the penalty for them. If we refuse to let the world know that that's happening, then that heresy that the church doesn't get involved in the politics leads us to America that is godless, America that is on the edge of destruction. That is what is happening, which will lead me to my fifth point that we choose, I'm sorry, this is my fourth point, we are doing what we can to make sure that the church gets reconnected with our nation. You know, we studied the Constitution. If I can recommend David Barton, Wall Builders Ministry, does a tremendous job. Rick Green, a former congressman, has videos out there that will teach you about the Constitution, teach you about the Christian foundation of our nation. America is a Christian nation, not because we are living a life of Christianity, I mean, somebody came from outer space, they'd look at Christianity, they look at the way Americans are living, they would have a hard time thinking that we're a Christian nation. We are a Christian nation because we were founded on Christian principles. The foundation of America is not Islam. The foundation of America is not being agnostic. The foundation of America is Christianity. And we need to make sure that we make that connection. John Quincy Adams, one of my old-time heroes, one of the earlier president of the United States. He was the sixth president of the United States, John Quincy Adams. And he said it this way, and I love it. This is so important. He talks about the fact that the highest glory of the American Revolution is this, that it combined in one dissoluble bond the principles of civil government with the principles of Christianity. That's the first time that it ever happened. The French Revolution, they tried to have a democracy without religion, without any moral compass. But no, no, America was founded on biblical principles, and we need to defend that today. So we're going to be talking about that. You know, 2020 is the year of a national general election. Again, we're going to be electing 
uh, new Congress members, new uh, school board members, new senators, a new president, hopefully not. But it's so important that we pray, that we intercede, and that we understand our rights and responsibilities as Christians in the arena of civil government. And Exodus 18.21 is a great scripture. It tells us about the people that we should elect. You know, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. Well, maybe I will. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to teach you how to vote how to choose people that are going to honor God. And Exodus 18.21 tells you we need to elect able men, men who fear God, men who despise covetousness, men who love the truth. That's the kind of people that God says the church is supposed to be putting in positions of authority. Instead, we have let the ungodly rule our nation. They're running the court system. Trump's doing great putting uh, men and women of God who love him, who love the word, uh, back on the Supreme Court. And yet we're still way down in the courts as far as having federal judges. There's godless people that Clinton and Obama appointed there that are making decisions that are taking us further down the road of destruction. We still don't have the Senate, even though we have more people in the Senate. A lot of them are still never Trumpers, and I'm not sure if we can count on them. And then we've got, of course, the House of Representatives. The House of Representatives passes the laws. They're the ones that spend our money. And we've given control of that over to people that don't love God, over to people that rather would see our nation turn socialist. And a socialist communist nation is a nation that the state is God, not the church, and not God. They've removed God. But that's part and parcel. That lines up to what Romans talks about, that they've rejected the creator and we are worshiping the creation instead. And that's got to be dealt with for us to return to righteousness. Uh, you need to get on your knees and thank God for restoring President Trump to our government as our leader. It is awesome. God, I can only think about what would happen if the unrighteous, the people that are promoting socialism, they got our money, they've got our laws, they control our judicial system. If they got control of the military, watch out, folks. Okay, I also want to talk to you about this coming year. We're going to talk about how you should be equipped for the battle that we're facing. People don't understand we're in a war. You know, God didn't place us on a playground. He placed us in a battleground. And we are fighting. We are, what's the word? We are ambassadors here. We are citizens of a different place. And so we have responsibilities as ambassadors. As ambassadors, we are supposed to be representing our homeland. Our homeland is heaven, and it's the kingdom of God that we're representing here. And we need to live and do Christian principles. We need to live as Christians in holiness and the fear of the Lord, no matter what's going on. Uh, We do it because it's the right thing to do, not because we're promised to win. You know, we're going to share the book of Revelation with you. We're also going to talk about mainly Revelation in chapters 2 and 3, where Jesus, who is the head of the church, people say, well, what would Jesus do? Well, I'm not too concerned about what Jesus would do. I'm concerned about what is Jesus, the head of the church, saying to us today. I'll tell you what he's saying to us today. He is saying to us Revelation chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 3. And it's important we understand how God calls us to repent when we sin, how God challenges us to do the work of the kingdom, to promote the kingdom, to promote the name of Jesus Christ. Paul writes, I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that it is the power of God unto salvation. You got to understand that. Our churches today, we're going off. We've got seeker-friendly churches. We've got churches, the emergent churches. We've got churches that have drifted away from preaching the gospel. We're taking surveys to see what the people want to hear in church. 
It doesn't matter what the people want to hear in church. You tell them what God said to tell them in church. That's why that scripture is so enlightening. It says, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. If you are not preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in your church, then you are not bringing in the power of God unto salvation. There's only one thing that can save you, that can transform you. It's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if I'm just telling you how to be happy, I'm just telling you how to accumulate wealth, I'm just telling you how to get along, I'm just giving you even certain biblical principles I'm teaching you about forgiveness, I'm teaching you about love, which has been counterfeited in our churches, by the way. But if I'm just giving you biblical principles without preaching you the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, man is a sinner, man is a reprobate. God saw that. He sent Jesus Christ to die for our sins, to pay the penalty in hell so we don't have to. God raised him from the dead. He sits at the right hand of the Father. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. That's the gospel. If we are not preaching that aspect of it. If the pastor says, well, we don't talk about sin around here. Well, then you're not preaching the gospel because man needs to be faced with his own depraved state so he can make that decision. You know, if I just tell you that Jesus loves you, that is totally true. But there's no weight behind it. There's no Holy Spirit conviction behind it. But if I tell you that Jesus Christ loves you and he died for your sins, then perhaps you may be thinking, well, I'm a sinner. And then that gives me the opportunity to tell you. And then the Holy Spirit can come in and convict you of that sin and witness that you were wrong. Remember, Jesus Christ came to the earth. He said, I didn't come here to judge the earth right now. He did not. But we've fallen for this thing that we're not supposed to be judging anything. We're supposed to be judging everything. But we're not judging to condemn. We're judging to correct. That's a huge difference. That's a huge difference. Going back to the preaching of the gospel, if I go ahead and I tell you that Jesus Christ loves you and he died for your sins, that's good. And you may go around and say, okay, I'll deal with it later. But if I tell you that Jesus Christ loves you, he died for your sins, and he's coming back to judge the earth, and his his return is imminent, I have applied some force to that. I have applied an urgency that you need to make a decision. That's what we should be telling our people in church today, not letting them go home thinking that it's okay, you're fine, God's fine, I'm fine, everything's fine. That's not the gospel. And the Holy Spirit has nothing to do. He can't work in that environment. We're looking for transformation. You can be sitting on a pew for 25 years and it's not going to help you if you're not hearing the gospel. We used to say this all the time. I could park myself in your garage for 25 years. When I came out, I still wouldn't be a car. Going to church doesn't save you. The last thing we want to talk about that we're going to be presenting to you this year in our overview of what we're going to be sharing with you is the opportunity for the salvation. You know, it's called so great a salvation. You know, the the Bible says, whosoever shall call. This is open to everybody and anybody. The problem that we're dealing with in that presentation is that there's been a counterfeit love that's been promoted in a lot of our churches today, and it's a love without conviction. It's a love without accountability. It's a love that's based on tolerance and acceptance. Let me tell you, the God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. People think, well, the New Testament, we're under grace, and God's changed. No, 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 no. The New Testament didn't change God. It changed you and your ability to walk in a close, intimate relationship with with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. But when we tell people that God's judgments, they're all under the Old Testament, that is not true. That is a destructive heresy that has the potential to keep you from living in the presence of God for eternity. That is so important. We need to preach the gospel. The gospel is the only thing that has the power of God that can save you. 
you know, we've made this this big deal that God doesn't judge us today, therefore we shouldn't judge. And that is so false. You know, Jesus said in Matthew, he said, judge not lest you be judged. And he's talking about don't condemn in your judgment. He says, you brother's got the moat in his eye. Go ahead and get the moat out of your eye before you judge him. But I want you to correct him. You're judging for correction. The end goal in that scripture is I want the moat out of your brother's eye and I want you to do it. But don't do it hypocritically. You do it because you've got the moat out of your eye and you can see clearly. Galatians 6.1 says, if you see your brother overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual in the spirit of meekness, restore such a one. God wants the body up and running. He wants such in fellowship. He wants us in harmony. But we've got to do it according to the Bible. It is so important we read our Bibles every day. Get yourself a Bible plan. Get yourself hooked up with a Marilyn Hickey or they got Bibles. They actually sell Bibles that have a complete Bible plan in them. And if I may, concerning going back to America before we close, I do want to encourage you. There is a great Bible out there. It's called the Patriots Bible. It's 30 bucks. Uh, My wife and I, we give them away by the dozens and you can pick it up. And what it does, it gives you a history of the biblical foundation of our nation. And it talks about the role of the church. It talks about some great men of God. It talks about Uh, the presidents and what they did. You know, we can just go on and on and on, but I encourage you, invest in the Word of God. You have nothing more important to do. I'm going to pray with you before we go. I just want to thank you so much for listening. We'll be on every Sunday at 8 p.m., and we just encourage you, open up your Bible and listen to what we have to say. Tell your friends about it. Join us. I know if you want God's best, you must invest. Father God, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to be here to love your people for you, whether sinner or saint. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and your ears are open to our cry. We thank you that you're a God who answers prayer. I pray for everyone who's listening, Father God, that they would choose to love you, that they would repent of their sins, Father God, that they would recognize their needs for Christ, that you would draw them by the power of the Holy Ghost and that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. And I believe in Jesus' name that there'll not be one loss. And I thank you, Father, for this privilege and this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen.